Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Fulhamish is back for the season by Ladbrokes. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish podcast. Hello, you're listening to Fulhamish Lecture from the Fulhamish Boys. It's Don Betts on the hosting mic today, a bit different. Sammy's up in Manchester, Jack's busy, so you've got me for today. Jab at SHF today, it's going to be your extra dose of FFC content. Today we'll be previewing Sunners Liverpool match at Anfield here in the studio. Sammy will be speaking to the guys at the Anfield Rap, and we'll replay our interview with former Fulham player Rob Scott off our Love Sport radio show. In the studio, I've got Guy Gavallo. Hello, how are you? And not bad, mate. Cam Ramsey as well, making his pod debut. How you doing, mate? Good evening, guys. Sammy and Jack recorded their whispering, emotional podcast after the game on Monday night. We're in more to look ahead to the game, but, I mean, if we, if we just quickly touch on it, where do we go here? Literally, and figuratively, we are hit rock bottom, because we're bottom of the league. So we can only go up from here, really. The only positive from I can take is that at least I can say I was there, you know, <laughs> at the lowest point of the season, because it's not going to get any worse than that. Cam, I mean, watching it at home, what, what did you think? Well, the results, disregarding the actual performance itself, are slowly getting better. So in that respect, it's a positive. But we were just outclassed. Well, not necessarily outclassed, but overruled more in every department. It was a bit of a wince every time we got on the ball, especially defensively, and that stood a conundrum. But it was just one of those games. The better team won. They had more fight. They had more determination. And we were just a crestfallen, beaten squad at the end of it. And the only player that actually wanted to fight was Ryan Sessegnon, and that speaks volumes because he's a Fulham man. This season, Fulham is sponsored by Labrook. So for exclusive specials and promotions, head to bet.fulhamish.co.uk. And also, Sammy did a special podcast that came out on Wednesday, which is Fulham in the First World War, speaking about the players who played Fulham before the Great War started and, and the great stories behind them. He spoke to Morgan Phillips, who's been a Fulham fan for God knows how long. And he, he, it's just a really great podcast. And obviously, celebrate. Obviously, it's been 100 years since the Great War. So if you haven't listened to it yet, definitely go listen to it. If we're moving ahead to the Liverpool game. I mean... As I said in previous podcasts, you look at top six home and away, you sort of disregard them. They're throwaway games. You're not expecting anything, but you are expecting after a, a terrible run, we've had some sort of reaction. Yeah, definitely. And it's probably a good time to play Liverpool as well. Obviously, they lost at the time of recording last night to Red Star Belgrade, who are a pretty poor team, really. Scraped through to qualify in the Champions League. As Cam said, the guy scored two goals as a part-time shop assistant, is it, Cam? I believe so, a part-time <laughs> shop assistant, which is worth, what, £3,000 or something stupid? Like-, yeah. like I said, good times to play Liverpool. Obviously, at Anfield, we're not expecting anything done, like you said, but we want a reaction. I remember, was it our relegation season where we lost there like 4-1 or 4-0? And that, at a similar point to um, this season, that was when we knew we were properly in trouble, I thought. The way Berbasov played that game particularly stands out for me. We know we're in trouble now. We just want to see a little bit more impetus with the ball, especially. We lost that against Huddersfield. I couldn't believe the way we just changed two or three years' worth of tactic. And a step back towards our normal selves would be really appreciated and something the fans deserve as well, I think. Yeah, I think obviously Liverpool's a place I think we only won there once out of our 13 years in the Premier League. I think, oh, was it Martin Skirt alone goal? It was. It was a Tuesday night. I remember being there. It was just... 
it was just like okay it, this this is happening and so yeah i think we're not going to expect anything but we just want to see some sort of reaction from the players because i think this season we, we haven't had an identity we've, we've showed glimpses of playing well in the game against burnley in the second half against watford and bits against spurs but we haven't shown it and i think there's no point going back and trying to sit back because we can't defend anyway i think you should go out and attack liverpool i mean they haven't at their greatest this season i think that's down to roberto firmino i don't think he's been at his best there's been times where he's not been playing and i think he's so critical to that front three obviously i would say Mane's probably been the best out of the front three for them this season they've been getting better results than they were last season but they haven't been playing as well i think we've seen teams cause them trouble we saw huddersfield cause them a lot of problems when Liverpool were to go to the st john smith stadium not St. John Smith, I don't know why. <laughs> but the John Smith Stadium, I mean, he might be a saying up there. But I think we can cause problems. It's not like we've played terrible all season long. We have shown we can play well. And if you looked at our team against Huddersfield, you'd argue on paper that's one of our best sides, bar maybe Alfie Mawson. And then I think you can argue there wasn't any effort being shown by the players. And I think you've seen whenever the players from last season have played, they actually have shown the effort. I mean, Stephanie Hansen, I know he's our most attacking substitute from, from the bench on Monday night, which is a disgrace anyway. But I think in these type of games, you can't have passengers. You need players who are going to put the effort in. And I think we could see a very Slav Bingo-esque team come Sunday. Well, how do you approach it? You're right. I mean... Is it damage limitation or do we go out there to prove a point and really prove to everybody in the division that we're not going to be the whipping boys? Sadly, watching it on Monday, sorry, straying back to the Huddersfield game, we had no attacking intent and there was nobody that actually wanted to show for the ball in the midfield. There was no dynamism whatsoever. And against a team like Liverpool, we're going to get picked off. And on the break, regardless of the fact that Roberto Firmino and Mohamed Salah haven't necessarily been firing on all cylinders, they're still going to hurt us because we look so frail defensively. It's just the manner in which we approach them at Anfield. We haven't necessarily had a great record there in recent years. All you're looking for is just a little minor reaction from some of the predominant figures heads out there you know we've got Tom Kearney back maybe who's rushed into it a little bit too early against Huddersfield but he's a massive catalyst for us moving forward because we've spoken about it before he's a link between Mitrovic who has been contained and kept quiet he's been you know tethered in the last couple of weeks last three weeks most notably we haven't actually hit the back of the net and that has to change if we don't actually exert ourselves and flex our offensive muscles against Liverpool or at least try and cause them a few problems then it's going to be a very long afternoon for us away from home once again something I've been saying for a few weeks is because we're playing so badly and we are changing quite a lot there weren't that many changes from the Man City to Huddersfield game but irrespective of those two fixtures there's an opportunity for a player to come in and play yourself into the team especially in defence, but even in midfield now that Seri's gone off the boil. McDonald and Johansson both came on the other night. I thought they added something different and were a bit better. I mean, Huddersfield away is the type of fixture I'd expect to see them starting over um, Anguissa. You know, they've done it before. They've got that experience, that physicality especially. But like you said, I'm worried about the fact we've rushed back Kearney too soon. I was worried about last season and it took him time to get going. Obviously he did, so that's great, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him dropped on Sunday. I mean, what do you think we're going to go team-wise on Sunday? Well, Dom? another position I'm looking at is, I mean, Chrissy was so bad against Arsenal, everyone was sort of calling for him to be dropped. And then Timothy Fosu-Mentor came back from his injury. He's been absolute toilet since he's come back, basically. <laughs> and when Christie came on, actually, against Huddersfield, I thought he did all right. They've kind of yeah. switched fortunes, haven't they? Yeah, he looked pretty solid when he came on. He has more of a defensive, assured mind about him, whereas... 
we all said we needed somebody of a little bit more brawn going up the right channel just to give us a little bit more assurance on the attack. But maybe he's not 100% fit, especially in terms of that physicality. That's like affecting his mental yeah. choices because it's just he seems to have lost all defensive awareness since he's come back from his injury. Yeah, and obviously his injury was to his shoulder, wasn't it? So m- maybe that's affecting his mentality, like you said, yeah. being a bit less physical. I think we've seen it with Liverpool player Salah. You know, like he obviously had that shoulder injury and he's had a slow start to the season. It really could affect these players. You know, when a player doesn't injure their leg, that you think, oh, they should be fit straight away, you know? And we sometimes don't take into account that mentality side. And hopefully he'll get back up to speed soon. I'd be surprised if he started on Sunday, though. I think Christie did play well enough to play himself into the team. We spoke about Johansson before. Cam, you you wrote about in your article, your five talking points from the game, about the lack of midfield cohesion. Yeah. Do we have an answer to the midfield conundrum? Because obviously it's been the same three players for the last two seasons. Is it worth going back to that? So we go back to what we know? Well, I guess it's kind of transpiring from defensive frailties and problems at the moment. It's slowly infecting you know, the midfield regiment and the offensive regiment. I don't necessarily believe that there's anybody better equipped to deal with the Premier League as Anguissa is, as Tom Kearney is, as Seri is on the pitch together at the same time. I believe that they can forge a prosperous working relationship with one another. But once again, we've got Liverpool coming up at the weekend. We need somebody with a little bit more flair, a little bit more guard in their game just to try and unlock their midfield because we know how dominant they are on the ball and they know their team so well. Going back towards last season, do we throw Kevin McDonald back into the mix? Do we throw Stefan Johansson back into the mix once again with Tom Kearney? Maybe. But I don't really feel that that's got enough potency and enough creativity in that midfield to cope with the pressures of the Premier League. And that's where ultimately we're faltering at the moment is trying to marry the brawn and the tenacity with a little bit more of an intelligence. And it's knowing when to stick, it's knowing when to press, it's knowing when to hold the ball, when to give the ball. And it's just causing a problem at the moment. It's hindering us, especially in the scoring department, because we're not providing. Liverpool aren't blowing away teams this season either. As we've said, I remember, I think their first home game this season was against Brighton at home, who are exactly the kind of team that we need to be basing ourselves on at the moment. I think... A few weeks ago, we were saying, oh, we can't completely strip ourselves of our identity and abandon all attack and flair. Well, we've lost attack and flair. We haven't scored in three games. We do need to strip back now. We do need to do what Brighton do. They play up front with Murray. He's 35 years old. Yes, he's their talisman. Everything goes through him. But look where we're on the table. They beat Man early this season. They're no mugs. And we need to base ourselves on that kind of play now, I think. And Slavisa did abandon everything on Monday, it seems. The amount of times that Lamarchand did that rubbish little down-the-line chip ball to Mitrovic, I was so angry at that alone. We'd need to go back to a defensive shape. And whether that be Adoy, Mawson, Lamarchand, whoever, we need to use Liverpool, like we did use Man City in the Cup, as another training. And Brighton only lost 1-0 at Liverpool, which I would take right now, especially considering goal difference I think we've already lost a point on goal difference come the end of the season yeah. well yeah if you look at Newcastle I know they only won their first game of the season on the weekend but they've now won the same amount of games as us and they're not that bad at the back their goal difference is only like minus 9 minus 8 something like that so I think as you said when you're down the bottom goal difference doesn't mean everything like when you're fighting for the top of the table it's like another point and it means you're another point behind which isn't really helpful with where we are at the moment sitting at the bottom of the table but it's at that stage of the season where if you win or get a string of results that go your way you can fly up the table Yes, you are. we are bottom of the table and we are playing 
absolutely terrible at the moment. But I think, again, we're a team that we're not like, let's use an example like Newcastle, who get a string of results, then lose a string of results. A bit like Palace as well. A bit like Watford, who once we get on a run, we continue on that run. We look devoid of confidence. We look devoid of anything that we looked like last season or the last two seasons. The amount of times we've got late goals or we've be able to shore up the back in late in games, but it doesn't seem to be any of that left. Yes, I know we've gone up a division, but it just seems that everything that was the identity of our squad previously isn't there right now. You're right in, in the fact that we, we're consistent. We certainly are at the moment. We're consistently losing. The Premier League, is a, like football is in general, is a results business, and you can't take anything for granted. But in that respect, it also alters very quickly. And if we end up going up to Liverpool with a little bit more gusto, a little bit more wind in our sails, you never know what can happen. So you can hurt teams. We've got a lot of offensive flair in our squad. I mean, you look at the likes of Andre Scherler for a start. I know that he shanked one a little bit wide against Huddersfield, but at least he's trying to you know, force an issue. It's odd, and compared to last season, running up towards Christmas, we were in the same sort of position. We were languishing towards the bottom end of the table. We didn't really have much going for us. There's not much prosperity in the squad, and we also thought that maybe Slav was on his way out as well this time last year. And then all of a sudden, we lose to Sunderland, and that was a bit of a kick in the teeth away from home. All of a sudden after that, we ended up picking up the results. There was a little bit more fight. There was a little bit more belief in the squad. And that's ultimately what the club's all about. We've all got a stick and we've all got to get behind the lads each week that we're there and never, ever give up, basically. Never give up. I don't think we can get much lower than we did on Monday night. So what do we do on from here? I mean, we've got obviously the Liverpool game, but what is there to build on? Is there anything to build on? I'm not sure. Cam's touched on it, but the thing that worries me the most is the lack of attacking potency that we seem to have lost in the last three games. So we always had that to rely on, you know. We scored in opening few games of the season apart from Palace. So I think that is what is worrying me most. I want to build on that. I was always kind of on the opinion, which I had been thrown around for quite a while, that as soon as we had a settled back four or back five even with a goalkeeper, then it would just click. And that's what Slav seems to think as well. So, you know, Slav Bingo, he's going to try every combination under the sun and eventually one's going to stick so I was kind of of that opinion as well but now that we've kind of lost we know one shot on target against Huddersfield which is not good enough what's that now two shots on target in the last two games that's that's just that's not acceptable no and especially considering the amount of shots Schurler has (laughs) you know he shoots from every angle all over the pitch so I'm most worried about the attacking if we just quickly touch on Schurler is does the, some of the stuff he does, which is a bit sort of showboaty, and he scores some very nice goals, is that overmasking how bad he is in part? You want somebody to change things for the better, and you want somebody to be confident on the ball, especially. But sometimes I just think he gets caught in the headlights a little bit, and he doesn't actually lift his head up to realise he's got support around him. And I think that might be masking his naivety a little bit. Being in the Bundesliga watching the football is quite high octane it's quite high pressured but he's always got an option and in the Premier League it's such fine margins between space and being closed so I think sometimes he just forgets his margins a little bit going forward so this is an odd one I can't really put my finger on it I mean there's times where he excites you but there's also times where you just slap your face for your palm and you can't really figure him out same with Vieto though really who do you think was the worst of our attacking three on Monday Dom? I'd say Sherlock. I mean, he got a seven in the times. I'm like, what game were you watching? <laughs> <laughs> but to close it off, what team would you start on um, Sunday, Cam? Stick with Rico. Well, I thought he was one of our best players yeah, on Monday night. I agree. Yeah, he was always poised. He always wanted to make that save, and he did, especially with the deflected shot. It's the uh, centre-halves. 
which is uh, still a conundrum. I like Le Marchand, but there's still a little bit of naivety creeping into his game, especially with his nonchalant flicks and pirouettes. I think there was a stat that he won the most tackles and made the most interceptions on Monday night. So I didn't think he actually played that badly without the ball. He was our best defender, I thought. Yeah. I bring in Mawson alongside him. Again, we probably rushed him back too soon. We arguably rushed back Kenny and Fossi Mensah too soon as well. That is the manager's responsibility at the end of the day. And if he does it again continually then that's a bad fault to have. But anyway, Mawson and Le Marchand is what I'd go for. And I'd, I'd say Christie played him played himself into the team, especially a game where... Or Fossey meant to play himself out, is it? Yeah. I think Fossey meant to just needs a cooling off period, really. And a rest. Obviously, Sunday is a game we're not expected to win at all. So it is a freebie for Christie at right back again. He might struggle against a better attack like he did against Arsenal. Apart from that, if Brian's not fit, then Cess... Cess at left and, back. Yeah, and that's it. That's the back five that I'll go for. Yeah, as much as we don't want to play him there, I guess you kind of have to. Obviously, McDonald came off with an injury. We don't really know what the full extent of it is yet. So you'd argue, would you go with the same midfield again? Would you go with the anguisa Seri kearney midfield? I think I'd give it more minutes. We can't argue for this continuity in the mid- in the midfield and the defensive out and then want to change things up. I think it will be the midfield three then... The front three, you'd imagine, would stay the same unless yeah. he does something crazy and decides to bring back Abubu or Kamara. <laughs> I don't know why Aite and Cabana disappeared to. Surprised they weren't both on the bench on Monday yeah, the, night. The bench was a joke on Monday, wasn't it? But I'd imagine it's going to be a pretty similar eleven. You might see another centre back difference, like bring Morton in maybe, or maybe just because you have that Premier League experience in there. Then you've got Saras Christie possibly coming with Fossu Mensa because Fossu Mensa hasn't looked the same since he got that injury against Everton. So that that's probably would be a normal team for us. I don't know what we're expecting. We're just expecting a bit more, not dynamism, but I think the only way is to attack Liverpool. I don't really think there's no point sitting back because we can't defend. If you're like a defensive block, even like Cardiff tried to do, they still lost 4-1 or 4-2, wherever it was. So I think for us, it's about just attacking and making Liverpool scared. They're not on a good run of form. I know they're still unbeaten in the league this season, but they lost midweek to Red Star Belgrade in their first ever Champions League win. So I think if we go and attack them and we don't just get embarrassed this weekend, I think it'll be a good result for us. To get an opposition fan perspective on things, Sammy Cott of John Gibbons from the Anfield Rep ahead of Sunday's game. Hello and welcome to this preview on Fulhamish. My name's Sammy James and I'm here at the home of the Anfield Rap. It's uh, an honour to be here. It's uh, a podcast I've been a fond admirer of for a long time. Kind of the OG, really, when it comes to (laughs) fan content. So uh, it's really great to be here doing uh, the podcast and also uh, a video for our YouTube channel as well. Uh, I'm here with the host and founder, John Gibbons. How are you doing? Well, one of the hosts and founders. I don't want to take the whole credit Uh, for it. (laughs) (laughs) You're definitely one of the key men behind uh, behind its rise. Yeah, thanks for coming down. It's nice of you to come all the way up to Liverpool for this. Well, thank you for having me. I was over in Manchester and uh, I thought the opportunity was too great, yeah. to be honest, when I realised I'll just pop over uh, on a Thursday <laughs> evening and uh, have a chat to you about Sunday's game, which, of course, Liverpool versus Fulham at Anfield on Sunday. Now, um, I saw a video on your channel earlier and you said uh, a Liverpool in crisis. <laughs> and I know, you were, I know you were joking a little bit. Obviously, you've uh, had a little bit of a rough patch, but... I mean, I don't want to be all Crocodile Dundee when he goes, you call that a knife? This is a knife, but you call that a crisis? No, I know. I'm, uh... I'm fully aware that, like, as <laughs> Liverpool fans, we must, we must sound ridiculous when we're moaning about, like, three games without a win or yeah. something like that. And I think it's kind of, you know, always been always been the way. But it just is a little bit concerning as a Liverpool fan that, that we haven't quite clicked yet. Yeah, we haven't quite hit the heights that, you know, this, this team's capable of. So... I mean, the results have been, by and large, pretty good, but there was always the suspicion that, that you know, we were 
getting results without necessarily playing well and although that's a, a good trait of a football team you know eventually you either need to start playing well or, or you will kind of you know revert to kind of mean if you like and, and that sort of feels like a little bit what, what's happening it feels like that red star was results was something that was maybe coming so is it not the perfect time then to be facing a, a team bottom of the league if you're looking to get a bit of confidence back after a yeah. slightly shaky spell you must have looked at the fixture list and gone Phew, thank God it's not a City or a, or a Man United or something yeah, this Yeah, I mean, weekend. it does depend because sometimes obviously a big game, you know, you can get up for it and you can, you know, you put other things out of your mind and focus on it. They, they say like with a, with, a, with a derby, for example, they say form books out the window and stuff and all those cliches. So sometimes a big game can be, can be good for you, but... I mean, to be honest, we've just recorded our, our weekend the show, looking forward to the game, and there was—I'll be honest—a few comments in the um, in the, amongst the, the panel saying if you could pick a game, then it'd be this one. Not just because Fulham are struggling, but obviously because of your defensive record as yeah. well. You're you're an open team. You're not a team who who necessarily knows how to come in. Well, it doesn't seem to me anyway. I'm, I'm aware. I'm telling you about your football yeah, team yeah, now, no, but no, 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 but, um, right. but it doesn't seem to be a team who going to can come and naturally frustrate, park the bus. It seems to be a team who mainly kind of want to play the football, really. And so that might play, hopefully, into Liverpool's yeah. hands. So why do you think the Liverpool haven't been clicking in the past few games? From the outside, it, it looks like everything's really rosy. I mean, you're still unbeaten. Surely you couldn't have asked for too much more um, no. from, from the opening 11-12 games. Yeah, I mean... It's worth pointing out that our run was our opening games were actually really tough. You know, we've played four of the top five teams in, in, in the Premier League at the moment. You know, a lot of those away from home as well. And so it has has been a tough start. And I think that tough start just, just taking it a bit a little bit out of the squad at the moment. And also the the new players who've come in haven't quite found the feet yet. And so I don't think the manager's been able to rotate quite as much as he'd like to. So we haven't seen huge amounts from the likes of Fabino and Keita who who we had high hopes for coming into the season. And so it's been, mainly been what Jürgen Klopp calls his workhorses. Is yeah. He's tried and trusted you and Aldams, your Milners. And they just look like a little bit with all these, especially with the intensity of the games you played, that they've been a little bit kind of run into the ground. So it's now time for these other guys to step up, really. And, and look, we're all hoping that they'll do that. So, yeah, results, look, it's, it's eight wins out of 11 and three draws. I understand how that looks, you know, in terms of me kind of, Moaning, I'm not moaning. The team's done. The team's done great, but they just feel a little bit kind of flat at the moment. It feels like the does it maybe missing a little bit of a creative spark. You know, obviously we lost Coutinho last January. Then Oxley Chamberlain really stepped up out up for us, but he's out yeah. for the season. What a shame when he went got yeah. injured. Well, it was a horrible moment for him because he'd had a, a sort of brilliant two months, the sort of yeah. period that his career had been building up yeah. to, if you like, really, and then and then kind of got that injury. And look, we really missed him in that final in Kiev, but. You know, it's it, this season. It's just, it just we haven't quite had that player who can who can join the attackers from midfield, and as a result, we've just sort of looked a little bit predictable at times. And look, you can be predictable and 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 still be hard to to defend against because you know Mo Salah being predictable is still kind of Mo Salah. But I don't know. It's just, it's just we've just been slightly easier to defend against this season than we have been in the past. So, and look, this is all in the in the balance of what Manchester City are doing, and that's why I think there's a little bit in in the back of Liverpool fans' head as well that we just feel a little bit spooked kind of by yeah. the fact that Man City might just win every game and then what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> and not just win every game, but yeah. spank every team exactly, that they Sam, play exactly. along the way. Um, last season, a lot of the criticism against Liverpool would be that games like this, home to a team struggling, would be a time where Liverpool would often drop points. Um, I think, did Swansea win it? 
Anfield. We lost away like, Swansea. Yeah, oh yeah, that, 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 that was yeah, that was yeah. it. Um, but this season, it looks like that fragility in Liverpool has gone, which I guess isn't good news from a Fulham perspective. You've kind of been batting away the teams that you should be expecting to beat, frankly. Yeah, it's funny as, as my kind of life of, of following Liverpool. It's either been we've had a season beating all the teams we should, but rubbish against the big teams or the other way around. We've never quite managed to marry the two. And I guess that's why we haven't won, you know, a, a title in the Premier League era, really. It's all about consistency, isn't it? And these games have been a potential banana skin in in, in the past four or so. Our, our record against the teams who got relegated last year was appalling. Um, I'm not sure quite why that was, but you know we we because yeah, Stoke got a point late on in the well, season. We played West they? Brom three times and didn't win any of them, which is mad because <laughs> everyone beat West Brom. They even knocked us out the FA Cup, which is like ridiculous. You know what I mean? So we managed to um, yeah draw home and home and home and away um, in in the league with West Brom and then got knocked out the FA Cup. Yeah, Stoke got something at Anfield. Yeah, that was that was towards the end of the season where we were resting a few for the Champions League, but still it was a decent enough team. And so, yeah, that, that would, yeah, you've got to be worried now, Sammy. But, um, but, no, but, but this season, I think what they've got better at this season, to be fair to praise them, is we haven't quite been the amazing 100% Liverpool that you saw blitz teams last year. But what we have got better at is when we dropped to 70 80% getting those results. And I think that was my criticism a little bit last year, is we're either brilliant and battier, or if our level just drops a little bit, then we're likely to draw the game or, 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 or scrape through. Whereas... This season, there has been a few games. You know, the Cardiff, we beat them 4-1 at home. We barely got out of second gear. And, you know, I mean, Cardiff are struggling at the moment. But it's still, it's a 4-1 victory without kind of doing ever too much. And yeah. That's the kind of thing we were struggling to do last season, definitely. Yeah, sure. so, that, so that is a little bit of the positive. Hopefully, we'll see a little bit more from Liverpool this weekend. So it's a midday kickoff on Sunday. Obviously, Anfield is the famous stadium for atmosphere but surely even Liverpool fans might find it a little bit tougher to create the famous atmosphere yeah there won't be it's much. a horrible kickoff time isn't there won't it? be much on Sunday in terms of atmosphere if, if Fulham fans are coming up hoping to, to, to kind of to see much you know you might get on you never walk alone to kind of clear everyone's hangovers and that'll be about it I think it's a it's yeah it's as you say it's no time to play football Klopp hates them and that's something that that is maybe you know something to think about from a Fulham point of view is that he, he openly kind of you know despises these these kind of he calls them morning games you know and it is <laughs> but it's practically morning yeah. isn't it you know and it's noticeable that the pre- our press conference we're calling this Thursday night our press conference is at ten a.m. tomorrow which is three hours before he normally does them and I think the idea behind that is he'll then the team will then train earlier so they'll then train at 11 and then hopefully do some stuff on Saturday as well to get them used to kind of playing kind of football at that yeah. time and used to kind of that intensity because you know it's eating pasta at 7 in the morning and stuff and we yeah. say footballers are well paid but it's still like an unnatural kind of well, Wayne Rooney thing. used to complain about it all the time yeah, yeah. that kind of why am I eating carbohydrates <laughs> at 6.30 yeah, for breakfast yeah. and whilst it does seem very oh, petty yeah. to be yeah. moaning about that kind of thing when you're paid so much I can yeah. see how it must disrupt the flow so what went wrong then on Tuesday in Belgrade is that something that maybe you know I'd like to think Fulham would give Red Star Belgrade a game so it's giving me a bit of hope that there might be something in this yeah he I think there was a mixture of things really he he rested a few and the guys who didn't who came in didn't do great so Sturridge came in got hooked at half time which is a shame for him because he's actually looked pretty good this season Lalana comes in and just doesn't look sharp enough at the moment he's obviously been a really good player 
not just for Liverpool but throughout his career but he just feels like he's had one too many injuries now and it's all kind of caught up with him a little bit Matip came in at centre-half he's probably our fourth choice centre-half now and and just didn't look really look at the races didn't look as solid and and the back line looked a bit more disjointed and defensively we've been excellent this season and so it, it just and then, and then the guys who were who were normally in the team who you were hoping to step up just had a bit of an off night so it was just a bit of a disaster all around to to be honest I wouldn't look huge amounts into it if I was a kind of a Fulham fan because I think it was it was one of those where whatever could go wrong kind of did really I can't imagine we'll play as badly you know as that again but but it might be a little bit of a dent to the confidence it might be a little bit of a and there's just a little sign that the front three are maybe you know, trying to find the way out of a bit of bad form by just shooting every time they get the ball rather than looking to work with each other. Look, that front three last season when they were on, it was like having four players, you know, they were everywhere and they were understanding. Yeah. This year, just been a little bit more, I mean, that of self is just the right, is the right way, just a, a little bit too keen to kind of be the one to score and, and you know, it's 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 not quite worked out. But yeah, I mean, I won't be, I won't be looking too much into that Red Star game, to be honest. So how do you see Sunday going, truthfully, from a Liverpool perspective? Do you expect it? to be difficult because I mean you look at the form book I saw somewhere that Fulham are 25 to 1 to win on Sunday it feels like a bit of a lost hope of them being truly honest from a Fulham perspective but do you see it going fully to plan or do you expect there to be maybe not as easy as some are expecting I don't think I don't think any game's easy and I think Fulham have got good players and although I talked before about you maybe not being the most natural team defensively to get men behind the ball and things like that you know there's obviously players who can have a go as well and who will look to kind of get on the ball where we can and so I think we'll need to be a bit careful that we're not complacent because I think you know you, you can suddenly find yourself 1-0 down and then, it, and then it's a it's a very difficult game so I think Fulham have got good players but I just think and we're all hoping that Tuesday's a bit of a wake-up call for this team. And it happened last season. We went to Spurs and got before one at Wembley and we were dreadful. And, and, and after that, we went on a fantastic run. And yeah. we're all hoping that the Red Star moment is that Spurs moment from last year where, where our season kind of really kicks in, which is obviously been bad news for Fulham. But, I mean, it's, it is difficult for me without, you know, I'm trying to be kind of a little bit diplomatic. It, it is difficult for me to, to not see us win yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at the weekend. I just, I it's, just, it's difficult for me to see anything <laughs> other than uh, you know, a massive but, Liverpool but, win. But I, don't, but I think, you know, you've got to, the players can't be complacent because we saw what happened on Tuesday when there was a little bit of that, I think. Yeah, I'm certainly hoping that there's a chance that also Huddersfield for Fulham might be a bit of a wake-up call. It was definitely the kind of nadir of our season. Yeah, I thought that Cardiff was the nadir of our season, but it just keeps on getting worse yeah. and worse for Fulham at the moment. And the pressure is so high on the players and on Yukanovic that maybe it might spark a response from us as well. And maybe if you can just get yourself into a lead and maybe Fulham can you know, hold on, get a point. And I think actually for, for Fulham, a point on Sunday would be a brilliant, brilliant result, potentially even a season-changing result just mm. to get a point at Anfield, a really difficult place this season. So I'm, I'm hoping that's how it happens. Um, go on then, give me a, a, a quick prediction for the game. 3-0, uh, I think Liverpool, I think, yeah, we're just, we're just not conceding goals at home. And I think, although you've got some good players, you know, Cardiff's scored against us and it was just it was a bit of a shock to be honest with you we've forgotten what it was like our our home record defensively is excellent and I think we've got enough firepower and especially with with your defence struggling a bit I think you know at least three for the Reds cool Um, John it was an honour to be here lovely to meet you uh, and chat about Sunday's game I hope that your prediction doesn't come true (laughs) but I don't see too much else happening to be honest so uh 
Thank you for chatting to Fulhamish. Cheers, pleasure. Hello, I'm Breda Hangelin and you are listening to the Fulhamish Podcast. Fulhamish has teamed up with One Football, the only football app that you need this season. Uh, you can get it on both the App Store and on Google Play. Using personalised news feeds, push notifications and a user-friendly interface, OneFootball makes it easy to keep up to date with the latest transfer news, scores and stats in one central place. Check out the OneFootball app and let us know what you think of it. Right, so that was Sammy talking to John Gibbons from the Anfield Wrap ahead of Sunday's game at Anfield. A lovely midday kickoff for all the Fulham fans heading up there. Yeah, remember to check out Beyond the Whistle and On the Road on Fulhamish YouTube and Fulhamish website we got we do so many good articles cam always writes his five thoughts from the game after we, and then obviously on the youtube channel we've got jack kelly's fan cams we've got the on the road for away days which i hope david preston's back we need is a <laughs> his lovely i don't know like artistic D- dig at sammy yeah, yeah, just, just dig out sammy and jack <laughs> <laughs> no and he can't be, can't be a bit of dave preston so yeah that was sammy talking about rap and on the love sport radio fan show which which me and guy do and up with either cam or joe singer on a wednesday night on love sport radio which you can count on 558 am or dab in london or anywhere in the world or the planet on lovesportradio.com wherever you are drop it there half eight to ten on wednesday evenings and this week we spoke to former fulham player rob scott i played everywhere to be honest and more so when i left fulham and went up to rotherham i played in every position for them apart from uh, as a goalkeeper so I think I was probably, I mean, spoken to a couple of my old coaches that haven't retired. They said it was great, you know, you play whenever you were asked to play. And, you know, that was just the way it was. I wanted to play football, whether it was a right back, centre forward, right winger, whatever it was. So just quite happy to play, really. And, you know, more so at Fulham. I had my best times at Fulham as a right-sided striker in a front three. So that's where I kind of started off in my non-league days as a, as a right winger. So that's probably... Uh, my more natural position, should we say. But, uh, yeah, I played everywhere and, and enjoyed every minute of it, really. So you reckon you could still do a job at uh, our team at the moment? I mean, surely it couldn't get worse. <laughs> I don't know about doing a job, uh, you know, tough getting down the stairs in the morning these days. But it's a struggle, struggle for them. You know, obviously, I haven't watched the game on Monday against Huddersfield. Both teams struggling to score. But the, the issues that Fulham have, have got more, being more pertinent about them is they can't keep clean sheets. And if, you, if you're not scoring and you're not keeping clean sheets, there's only one obvious result. You know, I think it was a fairly obvious that they needed to strengthen in the defensive areas. And, you know, they brought Alfie Mawson in and it just hasn't worked for him at the moment. You know, I'm not saying it will always work instantly. You know, he's come into the club from Swansea, but it just hasn't quite clicked for him yet. So it's been a bit of a, a reshuffle every couple of weeks for the club and they can't get a balance at the moment. They don't look strong defensively and, you know, when you're going out to the pitch knowing that you're possibly going to concede it, that might be a bit more pressure on the, uh, the attacking lads and they're possibly not getting the supply that they need. Mitrovic isn't getting as many chances as he obviously did last year in the Championship, which is pretty obvious as to reasons why. But it is a struggle and it's not going to get any easier down there. When you're down there and lacking confidence as well, it's really tough to get out of it. In the last few years under Slavisa Dukanovic, Fulham have built this identity as a club, as a team who likes to pass the ball around, play nice football and... I mean, that identity seems, seems to be as lost. I mean, the last time we probably showed any sort of identity that we had last season in the Premier League was probably the second half against Watford, and that was, what, the beginning of September or October, whenever it mm. was. And why do you think we've lost this sort of playing style, and what's happened with it? What you have to appreciate, and I'm sure you're well aware, is that the opposition is, is uh, much, much better. You know, I'm working within a Premiership club now, and you just have to look at the players that they have. You know, you're looking at mid-table now of the Premiership, and they've got excellent international players, and that's the difference. The Championship is a good league in its own right. It's a massive step up to the Premiership. 
There's no two ways about it. And he's probably got stuck in between two stools now. He's got the players that he had last year and, and they have recruited players that can play the way that he wanted to play. Because obviously at the beginning of the season, he didn't envisage this happening. So he wanted to carry on playing the same way. So he brought players in that would fit that mould, shall we say. And when it doesn't go your way, then you start to question what's been put in front of you. You know, Is it, is it right to play this? I'm not saying that's coming from the top, but the players will question it. If it's not working, then instinctively try to do something else. And that's where they're not set up to do that. They possibly can only play the way that he, the manager wants them to play. And, and that isn't working at the moment. A lot of the Fulham players in the last few weeks, especially, have come out and said that there's a lack of fight or desire. That is effectively calling out other members of the team in the dressing room, you know. Being in a dressing room, can you tell when other players just aren't up for it? I was very fortunate to play for primarily two clubs for the multitude of my career. One was being Fulham and one was being Rotherham and they were both very similar. You know, the Fulham that well, I was involved in was very different from the one that it is now. And It was about players pulling together or working together to get out of a situation that initially wasn't very good and then it developed from there. But I have been in a dressing room briefly where that wasn't the case and it was alien to me and that, you know, I was always brought up that was the first and foremost you work hard first and then the rest of it comes along after that and uh, once that starts to go then you know if there's little clicks developing within I'm not saying that there are but if that's the case then it's difficult to retrieve that situation and the problem with the transfer windows you have now you can't do anything about it until January so you basically have to muddle through uh, until January when you can, can make some changes and unfortunately the way football works these days, managers aren't often given that long to rectify things. With your managerial experience, with a fairly comprehensive uh, win percentage record as well at the likes of Oakston Town, Boston United and Grimsby Town, touching on it, how would you actually address the dressing room at the moment and get the best out of him? Well, Tom Kearney, the likes of all the figureheads in the squad itself, I mean, they've got a lot of onus to actually pull them out of a tough position at the moment. And uh, once again, from a managerial perspective, you know, how would you attack this situation personally yourself if you were in a dressing room yeah, as a manager? It's a very difficult one when you're speaking from the outside looking. I don't know the personalities of the other players. And, you know, unfortunately, in the game that we know today, it's very different from the one that probably... I was dealing in. I think, like I said, I just touched on there about the transfer window. You can lose players very easily. They know that five, six games can go past and the manager can be sacked. We've seen it. I'm not saying that again that that's happening there, but players can down tools. But I think that's quite the case at the moment. There might be a little bit of infighting. I don't mind that. Personally, I've been at clubs where there's been fights in training and that is just due to purely down to frustration annoyance that somebody maybe isn't pulling their weight and sometimes it's probably society as a whole people don't like to be told anymore um it's all nicey nicey and, and that probably isn't what needs to be said at the moment maybe a few home truths need to be said and if players don't like it put somebody else in the team it's not like they're upsetting people who've gone past that now i think it's a case of saying what needs to be said doing what needs to be done if it means making changes then make those changes and that might just work for you and you pick up a couple of results and then everything starts to change again. A couple of weeks I talked about Jokanovic and how I felt he was getting an easy ride from the press because of the pressure that was on Jose Mourinho. It seems to have eased on Mourinho somewhat and Jokanovic has been thrust into the limelight. Do you think that defeat at 
Liverpool could sort of see the end of him. Obviously, we've got an international break coming up. This is a time where clubs do like to change managers, especially where they've got two weeks to potentially work with the squad. Can you see maybe the Fulham board having an itchy trigger finger and deciding to make a change this early on? From what's been said briefly uh, over the last few weeks, I'd be surprised if they did make a decision over the international break. I think it could go one or two ways, as you said. It could go the negative way for Kanovic, or it could be that the board decides to say, let's give him some time during the international break to put some things into place. Let's let's see what they can do. And it might be that they come back from the international break and they judge him on a couple of results after that. That could well be the case. I mean, they have come out and said that, you know, they support what he does and they're quite happy, or not happy, but they're okay with the way things go in terms of who's in charge. I don't know. This industry, you never know from one week to the next what's going to happen, the pressure amounts. It depends what happens when there are home games. I think the attitude of the fans can sometimes obviously have an influence. Sometimes when you lose, when you're in a position they are, it's not always the loss, it's the manner of the loss. And I think that was probably one of the things that stuck in the fans' throat on Monday was the manner of the defeat. It was pretty limp, it was lifeless, it was non-energetic, there was no invention, there was no creativity. And I think that was a lot of things after last season that the Fulham fans expected this year. And it was so far away from that, I think a lot of them have lost a little bit of patience. But it takes one game to turn that around. And it's a very, very tough place to go and try and get it on the weekend. Go back to happier times with your Fulham career. <laughs> what was the highlight of your Fulham career, I guess? Yeah, the promotion, obviously, getting promoted when we beat Carlisle. I didn't play in that game, and that's something that was fairly disappointing. Mickey Adams made a decision to change the team around, and, and it paid off. There were so many highlights in that season. It, the start of the season, pre-season, was great getting the lads in. It was a load of new faces. We went down to uh, Southwest and had, had a few days down there pre-season. It was great just playing with young lads in a group. There was myself, Paul Watson, Darren Freeman, Richard Carpenter, Martin Thomas. You know, there was a real good young group, but also some experienced seasoned pros. So it was great. You know, the whole season was a bit of a crest of a way for me. It was my first real full season playing in the, in the first team. To get promotion in that season was, was brilliant. And uh, to cap it off, I remember Mansfield away when we actually were guaranteed to, to be promoted. And then we sealed it out there. It was a not very good performance, but it was the end of a long season. But summer trips were brilliant. They probably wouldn't happen now. You know, on the bus on the way home, you'd have the lads up singing karaoke and stopping off and off licence and getting a crate of beer. It was great. But times have changed a little bit, but uh, I wouldn't change it for anything. It was some really, really good times. And... Uh, yeah, I was only out for dinner last week with Paul Watson talking about it. We now at Sheffield United as uh, head of uh, medical up there. So I live 20 minutes away from him. So we met up and had a good chat and reminisced. So uh, it's great. You know, it doesn't seem as long as it as it was. It seems like yesterday. But you know, I was very fortunate to get on the time when the club was probably at its lowest ebb. And then within a short space of time, the club had started to bounce back and you don't realise it at the time. After I left, I think one of the reasons behind Mohamed Al-Fayed coming in was we'd never got promoted. I don't think it had gone anywhere near the club, to be perfectly honest. I think now the fans understand this as well as the players that were there at the time. That was the start of the ball rolling. I'm very proud to have been a part of that. So I'd like to thank everyone for their content on the, on this week's Fulham Show. Obviously, we spoke to the uh, Anfield Rat with John Gibbons that Sammy spoke to. We obviously spoke to Rob Scott, former Fulham player, who a lot of people were tweeting him very happy with. I think a lot of females found him very attractive in his playing days. So I'm sorry. Uh, that, that, was, that was probably why. We'll see you all on Sunday at midday at Anfield. If you're not there, obviously, we'll be doing the live tweets on the Twitter account. It's been Fulhamish. I've been with Guy Barlow. Goodbye. Cam Ramsey making his pod debut. Good night. We'll see you guys later.